It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. I am, of course, your host, who does the most, Ethan Smith, and I hope you guys are all having a phenomenal Tuesday, September 13th. I hope you guys all enjoyed the weekend of football, but we are here to talk about the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are closing out their 2022 season with some optimism lately, and we're going to talk about why the home run ball propelled the Pittsburgh Pirates over the Cincinnati Reds yesterday in our recap of yesterday's game. We're also going to talk about what I expect from Luis Ortiz tonight as he pitches in the second game of the doubleheader as we get to watch Johan Oviedo and Luis Ortiz pitch today for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And the comments that Ben Charrington made about making this team better in 2023 and what he needs to do to achieve that goal. That is all going to be talked about today here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me right here on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates on Twitter. Tomorrow is Mailbag Wednesday, so make sure you submit your questions to be answered here on this podcast every single Wednesday as we do all the time and we'll continue in the offseason as we cover everything that happens in these very busy offseason the Pirates could potentially have. With that said, guys, thank you so much for tuning in every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates, every single day. And let's get into today's episode. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back to that Pirates podcast, everybody. My name is Ethan Smith, your host who does the most. Hope you guys, again, are all having a phenomenal Tuesday, September 13th. Been a fun day. Been a fun day. Been a fun time to watch the Pittsburgh Pirates play some baseball. They had a pretty eventful weekend against the St. Louis Cardinals recently, but then they head to Cincinnati where four games in three days, so plenty to talk about here with the Pittsburgh Pirates over the next couple of days and things that we are seeing. And yesterday was fun. We're going to start there. Yesterday was a very fun game that featured what I've been begging for from this Pirates team for a very long time, which is just have a pulse on offense. They did more than that last night against the Cincinnati Reds. You're looking at a lineup that featured Kevin Newman, Brian Reynolds, Rodolfo Castro, Key Brian Hayes, Michael Chavis, 
Jack Sawinski, Castillo, Greg Allen, and Jason DeLay featuring a pinch hit from Cal Mitchell. The only people in that lineup that did not get a hit last night, Jack Sawinski and Jason DeLay. I will take that every day of the week. If you could tell me that seven of the nine guys in your lineup, including Cal Mitchell, who would then be the eighth guy to get a hit in a game where you had 10 hits, I will take that all day from the Pittsburgh Pirates. And going down the stretch of this 2022 season, the one constant the Pirates have had issues with is their offensive inconsistencies. If they can go down the rest of 2022, through the rest of the month of September and the end of the season at the, at the beginning of October, playing offense like this, there's optimism going into 2023, and there's real optimism surrounding guys that are going to be here next year. You look at Brian Reynolds, two for four yesterday with two runs and an RBI. Rodolfo Castro had that big home run in that five-run fifth inning, which ended up being the difference in the Pirates winning this ballgame. Diego Castillo came back up yesterday, hits a home run. Maybe he learned a thing or two in AAA. Greg Allen even added a hit. Cal Mitchell, who I think should be in the lineup a lot. I think him, Reynolds, and Sawinski should be manning the outfield right now. I liked what I saw from him as well. Kevin Newman still doing his thing. I think Kevin Newman will continue to be a part of this lineup maybe even going into next year, depending on how things go, especially with the new rules, which me and Gary talked about yesterday, that Kevin Newman's defense could mean a lot more with the new rules being implemented in 2023, banning the shift pretty much. I like what I'm seeing from this team. You also got a decent outing for Brian Wilson yesterday. You get five and two thirds with four Ks. He did give up seven hits and three earned runs, but Robert Stevenson and Will Crow came in and did a a very good job as well. The thing I liked that I saw from Robert Stevenson, by the way, he only pitched one and one thirds innings, but he had three strikeouts and 11 strikes on 15 pitches. I'll take that all day. Now, Stevenson, I wouldn't necessarily say this guy is going to be like a future piece in the bullpen. He is 29, so he's still relatively young for a pitcher. I know saying 29 is young for a pitcher, but he's not into his late 40s or or late 30s or anything. Like He could be back next year, and they selected him from Colorado for a reason. I think they see something in him. His ERA speaks otherwise, but again, let's remember he was pitching in Coors Field primarily in Colorado. Not a very good thing to be doing as a relief pitcher in Colorado with that elevation. But again, this is the kind of thing I want to see the Pirates do. And they sit at 52 and 88. You get these last three games against Cincinnati. Say you win two out of three. That puts you at 54 and 89. I think it's plausible to say that this team, if they continue to put the best lineups out there that they can put out there and score the way they did, Yesterday, without O'Neill Cruz, may may I remind you, I don't think this team is going to lose 100 games. Now, it's very plausible they do. Their last six are against St. Louis. St. Louis is going to be jockeying for playoff position. You still have another series against the Reds, another series against the Cubs, and you play the two New York teams. Realistically, if the Pirates can handle business, which I know is very funny to say about this team, against the Reds, against the Cubs, the teams that are a little lower, those teams that they still play, you could split the series with the Yankees because it's only a two-game series and play well against St. Louis and avoid that 100 loss mark. Now, you guys also know me. I'm going to tell you right now, if they lose 100 games or lose 99 games, it's not really going to matter anyway, but it would be a step forward. 
right? Like it would be okay, cool. We didn't lose a hundred games, and I think that's something that the team internally can go after and say, okay, let's not lose a hundred games. Let's end the season strong. And with the offense that they had yesterday, with the pitching they got from Bryce Wilson, again, he did give up seven hits and three earned runs. But again, my track record of saying this team, when they score five runs, is going to win more games than they lose, reigned true over the, about the past week. I mean, the only game they lost, I think, that they scored five or more runs was Saturday against the Cardinals when they lost seven to five. They won eight to two on Friday, they went six to three yesterday. I mean, this team, it's starting to have a pulse. They won 8-2 to two last week, a week ago, against the Mets. I think that's all Pirates fans, including myself. Again, also remember, I am a podcast host, but I'm a fan at heart, and I'm going to give you my fan opinions before I give you analysis on these things. New game day shirt? Boom. Cash back. Food for the tailgate? Boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. At the end of the day, I think all Pirates fans really want down the end of the season, down the end of the stretch, is to just have a pulse. I I keep saying have a pulse, but just show us something that when we get to Bradenton, Florida in February or early March, we have stuff to look forward to. And there are things to look forward to. I mean, the elevation of Rodolfo Castro, I think, is going to be a fun topic of conversation through the offseason and what he can bring in Bradenton. Brian Reynolds is still going to be here. O'Neal Cruz is only going to get better. Key Brian Hayes, if he could stay healthy, I think is only going to get better. That's also not including the other guys that you could possibly see next year, like a Matt Frazier, like a Connor Scott, potentially, like a Leo Verpiguero and Nick Gonzalez, like G1 Bay maybe even Mason Martin at some point next year. There's a lot of other pieces that are going to be on the way, but later in the podcast, we're going to talk about why Ben Sherrington needs to not only put an emphasis and keep the emphasis on the young guys, but bring in some talent that is going to help supplement these young guys like Castro and Cruz and Cal Mitchell and Sawinski and the other players on this team that have a future here. And that's how you build a good team is you have to go out in free agency, bring in actual players, like very good players, to supplement your young talent so that these guys don't feel rushed into having to be the guy or be him, as they like to say nowadays, right off the bat. And that's not what any of us are asking because we know how prospects work. Not every prospect is going to work out. You've seen that this year with the Pirates. You've seen that it is a dartboard game. You're throwing darts at the wall to see which one sticks or if you're hitting a bullseye. It's not always going to hit. Not every prospect is O'Neal Cruz. Not every prospect is Wander Franco or Julio Rodriguez. So at some point, the Pirates are going to have to add externally. They they can keep it internal as long as they want, but at some point, they are going to have to use some of these prospects or use some of the money that I'm sure Nutting and Charrington have at their disposal to make this team better. Before we get into Luis Ortiz's upcoming debut this evening, 
in the second game of the doubleheader against the Cincinnati Reds, I want to let you guys know about the wonderful people over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all of your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action happening around the league, and BetOnline is where the game starts. Cincinnati is favored in the first game of the two tonight as they're heading into this one on a three-game losing streak with Johan Oviedo facing Luis Sessa. And then I believe tonight the Reds are also favored with Luis Ortiz facing Espinal. So we'll see if the Pirates, as an underdog, can continue to beat the Cincinnati Reds team that has been not playing that great as of late. We will see how they end up playing. And I want to see a good performance from Johan Oviedo and Luis Ortiz who is going to be the topic of discussion here in segment number two. Luis Ortiz comes up from AAA, joins the taxi squad. I do think this is just a cameo start. We will see what we get from him, but he has been lights out lately for Indianapolis. Uh, He gets promoted from Indianapolis recently. 23-year-old right-hander. He was an international signing in 2018. Kind of has flown under the radar in the system, but I do like to see what he can provide. Um, combined four, five, six ERA over 124 and one thirds innings in double A Altoona and triple A Indianapolis. Um, his biggest thing that Ortiz fo- or struggles with, and I want to see it tonight is he does struggle giving up the home run ball very, very often. I will say that's something that a lot of these triple A pitchers do struggle with. And a lot of the pitchers on the pirates do struggle with, but Let's not forget that Ortiz just threw six no-hit innings on September 8th, which I think is a big reason why they're calling him up. One, because he's very confident right now. He's facing a Reds lineup that isn't very good, and I think he has a good chance to perform well. Um, Now, I don't know if he'll... This is the thing that I think is getting lost in translation here with this. He is listed as the starter, but we'll see if they actually let him perform as a starter it is a double header so i would like to see him perform as a starter but i wouldn't be surprised if the pirates treat it more like they've treated johan oviedo where it's three at max four innings of work for ortiz now for ortiz by the way upper 90s fastball profiles that's his signet that's his pitch his his upper 90s fastball is what luis ortiz does he also has a pretty decent slider his changeup is getting there. He's been working on his changeup all year. Uh, if you've wa- gotten the chance to watch Luis Ortiz, you can kind of tell he does rely on the fastball a lot. His command can be a little shaky on it sometimes, but he does rely on that fastball very heavily. He will use that slider very often as well because that changeup is still improving, because that changeup is still being used to as a learning mechanism for him in AAA. Also, Don't get too hyper about this Luis Ortiz start. As I mentioned, I do think it's just a cameo start because of the doubleheader. He was added to the taxi squad for this game, so he's the extra man on the team. So I think that's the main reason for him here is they didn't want to overuse the bullpen in these two games, considering they still have another game to also play tomorrow. But 
this is just going to be nice to see that we will get to see Luis Ortiz at the major league level. We will get to see what he can offer. And maybe he ends up being somebody that the Pirates can look forward to heading into 2023. Now, again, he has struggled. Um, but you guys know me. I love my strikeout to walk ratios. Over 114 innings, by the way, as I mentioned, it's the amount of pitches he's had or innings he's had. 126 strikeouts to 34 walks. I'll take that all day. And uh, Bucks dugout, by the way, love uh, the stuff they do over there. The brunt of Ortiz's success came in August with Altoona as he allowed just nine earned runs over 28 innings pitched. In three of those appearances, he went six or more innings. But let's not forget that he tossed not one, but two immaculate innings over the course of the season. So Bucks dugout, definitely high on Luis Ortiz. I am also pretty high on what he can offer. He is also the number 30 prospect now, according to MLB Pipeline, due to the season that he has had. We will see again what he can offer. He has played well more recently than he has as a collective. So we'll see which Luis Ortiz we get. Are we going to get the collective Luis Ortiz, who is over a four ERA, or are we going to get the Luis Ortiz we've seen recently that's throwing six no-hit innings, having immaculate innings, using the slider really well, using the fastball really well. It's really up to what the Pirates allow him to do, I think, and making him comfortable. I think that's going to be the biggest thing, is making sure that Luis Ortiz is comfortable in this game. And again, it's a shaky Reds lineup. This Reds lineup, very boomer bust sometimes. So, Luis Ortiz, to me, his plan of attack tonight needs to be, again, utilize that strong fastball that you have, make sure that you're utilizing it well, and also just attack these hitters. That's one thing I noticed with a lot of the younger pitchers that have come up for the Pirates is they seem kind of scared at times to attack these pitchers, and this was an issue with Mitch Keller for a while, and his play is obviously much, much improved. I want to see Luis Ortiz go out there and throw strikes. You give up a couple hits, who cares? As long as they're not home runs, who cares? Just attack these hitters. Again, this is a Reds lineup that is not very good. It's it's not good in really any stretch of the margin. So I think this is a perfect opportunity for him. Um, and again, Buck's dugout as well also says this is probably a Contreras treatment scenario where he'll come up, toss a few innings, and get sent right back down, which is fine considering his quick rise of fame over the course of the season, maybe, and hopefully this also spells the end of the Bryce Wilson or Tyler Beattie experiment. That is another thing that I wouldn't actually mind is seeing the Pirates not only let Ortiz start tonight, but maybe just throw him in the bullpen and let him get some MLB innings down the stretch of the season here. I would love that. I still want to see them call up Michael Burrows at some point as well. We'll see what happens there. Um, but at the end of the day for the Pirates, I, I like this. Get these guys some quality MLB innings. I think it's a important strategy to let these pitchers get up here get some innings going, see what happens, and maybe you find lightning in a bottle with Luis Ortiz. With that said, I think he's going to pitch four innings tonight. I think he allows maybe one or two earned runs, gets about three or four strikeouts, a couple walks in there, maybe gives up one or one or two home runs. But I think he'll have a decent start. I think he's not going to like blow the, blow the roof off the building or anything, but I don't think he's going to take the Pirates out of the game tonight. Same thing with Johan Oviedo. I think you get about three or four innings out of him. I think the Pirates have a potential to sweep this series if the offense could show up and back up these two young pitchers today and tomorrow in the afternoon final. With that said, guys, tomorrow's episode 
is a mailbag Wednesday. So again, make sure you submit all of your questions about the Pittsburgh Pirates and everything you want to know about this team as we wrap up the 2022 season. On Thursday, I will be with Locked on Reds once again, recapping the series and talking about anything heading into the offseason with Cincinnati and Pittsburgh and probably poking a little fun that the Pittsburgh Steelers defeated the Cincinnati Bengals on Sunday. So make sure you go check out Christopher Carter over at Locked On Steelers as well. Check out Hunter Hodes over at Locked On Penguins and Nick Farbaugh over at Locked On Pit. We're having a lot of fun here on the Locked On Pittsburgh Podcast Network. So black and yellow is running strong over here. Ben Charrington recently also made some comments about the Pittsburgh Pirates in the upcoming offseason, that he plans on making this team better. Um, (laughs) And we'll see what uh, ends up happening with those comments. Now, we've heard this said before that you want to make the team better. You want to do this. You want to do that. How do the Pirates make this team better? I've went over it a lot of times, but I'll go over it again. The Pirates need to explore pitching options in free agency. That needs to be their number one thing that they need to do. They need to explore free agent pitching options, be it in the bullpen, be it in the rotation, because you cannot go into 2023 with a rotation of Contreras, Keller, Brubaker, Thompson, and Wilson. It can't happen again. Keller and Contreras, to me, are the only two locks in the rotation right now. Bring in a quality free agent and make this thing happen. Make the rotation better. Same thing with the bullpen. There's always bullpen options. And it's funny because I've talked to uh, Gary about this off air. The Pirates have no problems finding good quality starting pitching in free agency. Two years ago in 2020 or in, or, uh, in 2021, they find Tyler Anderson, offload him to Seattle. He's now pitching very well in L.A. with the Dodgers. They find Jose Quintana this year. He pitches very well. They offload him to St. Louis. Why not give one of these guys a two-year deal? You know how to find these guys, clearly. Why not use them? Because I would have, I mean, just imagine a pitching rotation, and I understand why these guys get traded, because they want to complete, they want to keep the farm system thing rolling. Imagine a rotation right now of Mitch Keller, Contreras, Anderson, and Quintana with whoever is your fifth guy, Thompson Brubaker. It's a pretty good rotation for all things considered if all of those guys are pitching the way they are currently. That's a good rotation. So that's what I would urge Charrington to do. Go find one of these veteran arms again. Sign them to a two-year deal. Two years, $10 million. Two years, $15 million. Two years, $20 million. Who cares? Get one of these guys to help your rotation out. Be a good third or fourth guy. That way you don't have to rush Michael Burroughs. You don't have to rush Tanaj Thomas, Carmen Majinski, Cody Bolton, Quinn Priester. They can come up and be a supplement to the rotation rather than being asked to be the rotation. Which, again, I know a lot of us have high hopes for Burroughs. We have high hopes for Priester, Bolton, a lot of these guys. But it takes time. Look at Mitch Keller. This is his third or fourth year, and he's just now figuring it out. Not everybody's Rolandi Contreras with an elite slider and good fastball command. You really have to consider the Pirates need to do that. They also need to find a good platoon at first base along with Michael Chavis. 
I think that's another big thing. And a quality catcher. I would leave other every other position player alone. You have enough outfield options. You have Reynolds, Sawinski, Mitchell, Kanan Smith, and Jigba. You're going to have Matt Frazier, Connor Scott, and Marcano's on, and Marcano could play out there too. You have enough going on in the outfield. The infield, same way. You have Newman, Cruz, Piguero's going to probably come up next year. Nick Gonzalez, G1 Bay, Kevin Newman, um, Diego Castillo is another guy. Marcano could play there too. Rodolfo Castro. Realistically, their two biggest needs are going to be first base or a first base slash catcher and pitching. That's what they need to focus on to make this team better. Those are the biggest holes on the roster. Those are the biggest holes they're going to have to fill. And throughout the whole offseason, I'll be keeping an eye on players that decline their player options or players that want to move on or even players that want to be traded out of their current situation that the Pirates could trade some of these prospects that they're not using like a Travis Swaggerty, like a G1 Bay, like these other guys that might be farther away that might not necessarily fit the timeline that the Pirates have to want to be a contender again. The Pirates have a lot of chess pieces to move. It's up to Ben Charrington to move those pieces correctly. We'll get more into this as the offseason progresses, but guys, thank you as always for tuning into the Locked on Pirates podcast, as you always do every single day, where it is your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every single day. I am Ethan Smith of the Locked on Pirates podcast. I will see you guys tomorrow for Mailbag Wednesday with all of your questions. I will also see you on Thursday with Locked on Reds for another Locked on crossover. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your afternoon, and I will see you guys on the flip side. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.